whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Chest one two yep hey yep I got plenty plenty juice to hear Sid hear Sid from the living room oh, she's she'll she's bitching at a blowout don't worry it's good though I get it <clears throat> I kind of uh, when I told y'all to do this I was kind of like oh. Fuck, I just forgot. First first Monday night football game of the season, yeah. So that's alright there. They're gonna do they're gonna win or lose without me watching. <clears throat> I got you intermittent. You got audio tracking chan? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in our secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant. What's happening, welcome man? Welcome back, man. <coughs> What's happening? How's uh, it? Not too much. How's it going? Falls in the air. It is getting close to whiskey season. Yeah, falls okay. in the air. You know, this is kind of the perfect weather to start drinking some high-proof whiskey. Uh, this is going to be an interesting show. Yes, couple couple firsts for you, or, or at least one first. Uh, actually, no, both of these are first for me. Nice. I mean, I've had I've had one of the distilleries. I've I actually yeah, you've I've had, had both of these distilleries many many times. Yeah. But this is the first. But here to in, to enjoy these with us as well is uh, one of our secret society members, uh, Mr. Shan Nichols. Shan, welcome to the Speakeasy. Hi, thank you for having me. You should have seen this three months ago. It's a shit show. <laughs> yes. So I heard. Yes. It was in it was in shambles. Yeah. Well, we got it cleaned up. It uh, looks nicer, actually. I think it looks nicer. Yeah. Looks good. Came together. It's more organized. I'll say that. Well, I have way more shelf space. Yeah. We. Yeah. We. Well, since so. since they pulled the last ones down, we, we yeah. built new shelves. Rebuilt, bigger and better. Re- yep. We have the technology. We can rebuild it. Um, so tonight, uh, as you may know, we are drinking two high-proof whiskeys. The first is, or one of the first, I guess. We haven't decided what we're going to drink first, but um, Stag Junior, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey from Buffalo Trace. Um, this is the uh, 
Is it similar to Stag, George T. Stag? There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of unknowns about this, but, um, I mean, obviously one would assume it carries a lot of similarities to George T. Stag. And then the second whiskey we're, we're going to be drinking is the Abalor Abanad from Abalor Distillery in uh, Highland, Scotland. Uh, both of these are pretty high proof. Uh, Brent, do you have the bottle for uh, Stag Jr. with you over there? I do. Jeeves set it out. He actually set up for us today. He's, he's in a good mood since he came back. Yes. Well, I mean, a month in the Maldives will do that to you. So uh, this one is 65.95% alcohol by volume, 131.9 proof. This is the God. This is the Batch 9 Fall 2017 bottling. It's so Batch that's 9. That's the same one that I've got. Yeah. It looks like they come, they release two releases a year, a spring and fall release. Uh, this is the Fall 17 edition that we have. What's Have the proof here. on that again? 131.9? 131.9. Jeez. Yep. Okay, that is officially... Let me check my notes here. That is officially the highest proof I have had. Damn. So, if we don't make it through the the uh, mission <laughs> statement, you'll understand why. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now, just a couple weeks ago, we actually drank some high-proof whiskey, the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Barrel Proof. That came in at 131.3. Ooh, close, so yeah. pretty, it was pretty hot. Um, so, excited to try this. Uh, Shan, have you tried this yet? I do. I've got a bottle of this one at the house. Okay. All right. Well, let's, you know what? Let's let's pour that. Let's pour the Stag Junior. Let's get start there. this out of the way. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. Just so happens Jeeve left it right here. Yeah, well, he's set up for us. He's He's been pleasant. Alright. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some water because I know I'm gonna probably need this. Yeah. So Shan, I know you've had experience with a lot of the antique collection stuff. The the big brother to this. Um, but there's not a ton of I guess really specific info on what this is in relation to being in the George the Stag fam family. What do you what do you know about this guy? I did not find a, a ton of information about it. You know, the, the the nose of it is is similar. There's definitely a lot of oak going on in it. But what it is, Nashville wise, compared to the the antique collection, no, I I did not find anything. They seem a little secretive about this one. It's um, it's very oaky up front. And very high alcohol. It is. So this is <clears throat> this is an uncut, unfiltered uh, bourbon. It's said to be seven-year age statement, um, which is the George T. The George T. Stag doesn't have an age statement on it either, does it? No, no. The they antique. do tell you every. They do tell you every year what it is. Um, I, I mean, I could go run and get our bottle. Hold on. No, it doesn't actually say on the bottle, but usually the uh, the fact sheet that they release every year for uh, for the antique collection which, does tell you the age. Which uh, do you know which year the antique collection that we have is? We, we have the eighteen, and that's seventeen years old. Okay. So significantly younger. Yeah. 
And I have the 2008, and that is 15. It was distilled in the spring of 93 and uh, bottled in 2000, fall of 2008. Scott, the, now they say, the it's, 18, they say it's usually aged a decade or nearly a decade. The eight, probably seven to eight. I'm seeing the 18 is the same. It's a 15-year. Is it 15? 2000, spring of 2003, distillation, fall of 2018, um, release. That's what okay, I'm so, so 15, 15 and a half years. I mean, that would, make, that would kind of make sense. This is half the age, <clears throat> half the age of the antique, antique collection. Yeah. Now, George T. Stag is only released in the fall. Uh, Stag Jr. is generally released twice a year, spring and fall. Um, now, we're on batch number nine. It's it's one of the higher proofs that they've done. This is, uh, they've only had really two, th- no, no, three, three. The first batch was like 134.4, which is hot. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you guys get on the nose? Besides alcohol. <laughs> it definitely stings the nostrils. Yeah, you get a good whiff of it, absolutely. Um, lots of oak. The usual caramel. Yeah, there's some there's some citrus, a little bit of chocolate. Caramel caramel candy, like the um not Werther's originals, but like the um those like Caramel like squares on the nose. It doesn't. I mean, it, you could definitely smell the alcohol. You, it, it doesn't seem overwhelming, um, much like some of the other uh, high proof whiskeys, the barrel proof whiskeys we've had. Yeah, the ethanol's there, but it kind of gives gives way to some other good flavors. This one definitely can tell because this is one. If you get a big whiff, like you can feel it in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, right in your sinus cavity. It'll clear up any sinus infection you got. Definitely. Yeah, but it does. It does have very. I mean, we've talked about this before, Scott. There's some that that I think pull it off, and some that don't. But it's got a very classic bourbon smell to the the nose. It has all those just very, I guess, essential things that you want uh, to smell in a bourbon. Um, and it sets yeah, you, it sets itself apart. Like when you sell, smell Scotch, you smell an Irish. You can kind of tell different different things about it. This just screams uh, classic bourbon to me. Yeah, you it blow that alcohol away, and you get some nice raisin and caramel notes to it. Definitely get some orange in it. But to say, I, I definitely got some dry fruits, some orange. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely like orange peel in there. You know, I would say it's we said it's oaky, but comparing it to the full-blown stag. Or even uh, like a ten-year Eagle Rare, not nearly. It's as definitely much. not. It's definitely not as oaky as ten-year uh, ten Eagle Rare. That one. That one definitely has a lot of wood notes on it. Yeah, I wish. I mean, I wish I could just see an entire like grid layout of Buffalo Trace and know levels and rick houses and where all this shit comes from. Because you know, I mean, a lot of this has got to just be the same, the same juice happening, and. Yeah, this is ma- uh, mash number one. So that low rye, um, yeah, yeah, probably what four percent rye. Ah, I don't remember what the mash bills the mash bills were. <clears throat> I know they they never tell you. They never actually say what it is. I thought, uh, but I th- it's the same mash bill as as um, George T. Stag Eagle Rare. Um, 
E.H. Taylor. E.H. Taylor. The Just the regular Buffalo Trace itself, too. Yeah. So it's all going to depend on barrel house placement, where where, and how long. Yep. It's pretty dark, too. Good color on this one. And then, I mean, this is their, I would say this is their youngest non-filtered, I mean, that you can buy on the normal market. I mean, this would probably be pretty damn close to what Blanton straight from the barrel age-wise uh, is. Yeah. Of course, not Amer not American market, but... They don't have a lot of stuff that's foolproof outside of that antique collection uh, that's young in, in age. No, they, they really don't. Um, good legs, a little bit runny on it, so surprising for the high proof. They, do they chill filter this? This says un, uh, uncut, unfiltered. Okay. So I think All this right, is gonna... yeah, I think this is full, just l legit straight out the out the barrel. All right, let's uh, let's give this a try. Whoa! <coughs> Whoa! It gets you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like getting kicked in the nuts. It's, you know, it's been a while since I've had this. I, oh, I, man. For whatever reason, don't remember it having this strong of a kick right off the bat. That is, that is potent. See, and I, I'm not, I'm not getting that deep of a, deep of a hit. I don't know. It's warm. It is very warm. It's not Bernie hot. Like, uh, like Knob Creek 120 is. Mm. It's not burning like um, 1792 foolproof. No, and I think this. I mean, this is definitely. Man, it, to me, it has like a thick. It's a real thicker thick. Mouth mouthful. No. It is. It is Cardi B thick. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know if this makes sense, but it's. It's giving me some burn at the front of the mouth and the tongue. Yeah. Not so much the back. And no, I agree with that. Yeah. Not on the finish. The finish doesn't have a, the finish a long seems, burn. I'm about to say, finish seems light for such a full-bodied bourbon. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's peppery on the finish, but not burning. It's not like burning to uh, like when you bite into a jalapeno. It's like it, it's got a little hint of like black pepper, and then that gives way to a nice coppery. Actually, yeah, like a coppery um, mouthfeel. Um, burnt brown sugar, dark chocolate for sure. I think dark. I, Get cherries in that at all? Just mm. a little bit, little tiny bit. Um, I have I have more of that kind of candied dry fruit. Shan, I don't know cherries. Well, now I don't get it. Then when I first took a sip, it was like boom. You know, Luxardo. I wouldn't go maybe Luxardo. Maybe. Somewhere between a maraschino and a luxardo, but got that cherry taste. Just briefly. It's there. It's got something fruity fruity about yeah, it. But for me, man, it feels thick. I don't know if that's just that's just thick. the unfiltered. Mm -hmm. It's got lots of well, fatty, it's un, fatty it's shit happening. And, it's unfiltered and it's also 131.9. So you're getting all of those oils, all of those heavy, heavy notes. Um, raisins, lots of raisins on this one in the in the palate. That's the dried fruit that I get. It's kind of like not 
overly sweet with a little bit of like spice to it. Um, sharp, warm, but not not overly hot. Uh, that first that first sip definitely gets you. After that, it kind of mellows you out and you get used to it. Yeah, I think like I said big ro- big robust chocolate brown sugar. I don't know, you've got some, did you say you kind of had some sm- spices or kind of organic, I don't know, cl- we always say kind of clove, but I don't know what it, I can't really, I don't really get a clove right now, but there is a spice, and maybe that's what it is. There's some, some sort of like baking spice in there, um, and look, as you drink this, you you definitely get used to it. And you ramp yourself up to it. It's actually getting enjoyable. Once again, this is one of those ones that I like, just on a big old cube ice. You know what? That's that reminds me. I'm gonna add some water to it this, at this point. I've, I've had about three or four drinks of it, um, and I'm gonna add a good splash of water. Not too much. Probably, I've got maybe like a half ounce left I'm gonna add I don't know maybe that was like an eighth of it not even an eighth of a teaspoon just a splash of water oh it yeah, is yeah I just fruity. added some of this too it is real fruity now Brant I get with a little bit of water I get that that additional spice you're talking about it's, yes there's pepper but there's something else going on there and I, I don't know what right. it is I think, I think it's clove yeah, it's like a fall spice. I think it cleans up, the, the, the water cleans up the nose a little bit for me too. It doesn't have as big a pungent burn hit, yeah. hit on the, the nose. Now mind you, with the amount of water we added, we're still talking probably 125. I mean, we're still talking probably in the, in the 60s. Yeah. I can see why you would like this on an ice cube. Yep. With with the water added, it, it definitely um it it definitely takes into a a good sweet whiskey, a, a fruity whiskey. That really comes out nicely. And and for something that's not like overly um Overly young, it's pretty. It's pretty decent age for for bourbon. It doesn't have that young barrel funk that most five, six, seven year old whiskeys have. Well, I mean, if you look at it, it's pretty. It's got a pretty dark, dark color too. It's not. It's oh, it not golden. It's getting definitely more to that amber. Um, I definitely call that amber. I mean, that's dark amber actually. Which see, I mean, that makes me believe. It's like I want to know where this is. Is a this has got to be a, a top Rick House? Yeah. High up. Yeah, high up, facing the uh, facing the west, so that it gets all that afternoon sun. Hmm. So now, one thing Buffalo Trace does say about this is that these barrels um, are set aside, or well, are picked from their lot and go go into Stag Junior, but they are not from barrels laid down with the intention to be George T. Stag, if that makes sense. So. Right. So barrels that are intended to be antique collection are, are earmarked and put wherever they go. And it's not like they say, oh, let's go taste those at seven years and pull out and make a Stag Junior. 
Um, those no. are those are earmarked to live their life to become antique, and these are from a totally different set, which makes sense that probably why they're getting proof differences and taste differences on batches is they probably just go find a freaking seven year. And this is probably a batched uh, a batched whiskey too. They're probably just going find a bunch of mash bill number ones at an average age, getting these barrels, batching them, and coming out with batch whatever whatever number it is, which is kind of smart. Trying to hit that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. It's, which is kind of which is just smart, right? Because they can take <clears throat> oh this this Buffalo Trace barrel, like you were saying, this Buffalo Trace, this, e- this Eagle Rare, this E H Taylor, whatever this mash bill is. Oh, this didn't make the cut flavor profile wise to make it into that. Let's just throw it into a Stag Junior batch. Send it out at barrel proof. Yeah, so they're trying to hit that hit that flavor profile. I will say this: the years back when when I took the tour there, we were actually at the we were at the um, they've got a small bottling facility there that they do for the antique collection and the, the smaller lines, even like the Blantons and stuff. And all hand bottled and everything. And we were there the day they were doing the, the George T. Stag. And it said that the majority of those barrels came from the middle of the barrel house. Hmm. That's the sweet that, spot, usually. Yeah. You know, that it get, it, it's still, obviously, they're not air conditioned, so they're getting that Kentucky heat, but they're not up against the roof, so they're getting just hammered with the heat and hammered with the cold during the winter. Um, yeah, these, I, I could see these coming from all over. And I just pulled up their notes on it, and um, they do talk about clove, they do talk about cherry, and the other one that I didn't pick up until, and I know it's, it's mash bill number one, so it's supposed to be that low low rye, less than 10%, but when I put some water in there, I pick up I pick up some, some dill, dill pickle. A little bit. As the as the water kind of mellows it out, you can you can smell it a little bit more. Honestly, I think all of these good flavors are hiding behind the heavy ethanol. Yeah. It sounds like a waste, but this would be one that I would think would be awesome to see in a cocktail and see how it stands up at this high high proof, like a simple, classic, old fashioned. All those 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 flavors. A little bit of that, with the cherry, a little bit of that just added added to it to make it pop. I'm wondering if it would pull that, pull those kind of flavors out, or if it would just totally mask the original bourbon scent. But I mean, I, I don't know. I like a cocktail with a high proof. Just it, I think it stands up. Well, oh, I think it stands a, up way better than like a forty, you know, forty percent alcohol. Yeah, make an old fashioned with basil Hayden, and it's gonna taste like water. Yep. Make an old fashioned with Blanton's. It's pretty good actually it is pretty good I think it's pretty good because you know you just poured Blanton's and, <laughs> and poured shit on that's top true. of Blanton's well that, that's why I like that Knob Creek 120 for Manhattan's I think it's an excellent uh, it's an excellent cocktail whiskey because it's it's high proof it's not overly expensive uh, you don't feel guilty pouring it in there because it's readily available Shan have you cocktailed up any antiques uh yeah, so I've done... You just um, did a Sazerac, didn't you? Uh, I was in Manhattan using the, the Thomas H. Handy. Okay, ride. that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I've done that. I've done... I did an old-fashioned using the using the Sazerac rye. Um, which I want to say that was a 18-year? That's 18-year. 18 18 year. 
The one I had was an 18 here. I think the okay, other, just a regular Sazerac rye. Yeah, the reg- not not the baby Sazerac, but the one that's part of the Sazerac that's part of the antique collection. That's a eight. That's an 18 year Sazerac 18. Is it? So the Sazerac 18 Thomas. The only two that have age statements, I think, are Sazerac 18 Eagle Rare 17, and then uh, the Thomas Handy, the Stag, and the William Larue Weller don't have an age statement on the bottle. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes from 2008, and you're right. The Eagle Rare was 17. The Sazerac was 18. Yeah. And they don't give an age on the Thomas H Handy Sazerac. Yeah. But yeah, that was the one. The, the, the Handy was the one that I made the, the Manhattan out of this weekend. I've used the Sazerac 18 for an old fashioned before. Uh, yeah, one one or two of those. You're, you're good for the night. So. Um... Sydney and I on our wedding night when we, we stayed at Sazerac Bar in New Orleans and we got Sazeracs with Thomas Handy from the Sazerac Bar. When I ordered it, the bartender, I mean, this was, man, this was probably 1 a.m. by the time we had got to, to New Orleans, maybe even later, and I ordered it and the guy was like, how do you know to order this with that with that bourbon? I'm like, man, I just know it's good, it's, you know, bourbon, good whiskey. And he was like, man, this is the best, this is going to be the best Sazerac you ever had. And it was, Sydney and I remember, I mean, it was a, I don't know what is that. Probably 120 proof. I mean, it's a high proof proof rye, and it was freaking fantastic uh, in a Sazerac. So, now, how does that compare to the uh, the regular non antique Sazerac? So, non antique Sazerac uh, is is the Sazerac 18 full proof, Shan? I believe so. Uh, it's, it's up there. Let me at check. Least. So, regular Sazerac is six year. So you go from a six year six year that's probably a regular 80 to 90 proof up to 18 year age on the same same mash bill um so i mean just tons more oak char all those all those barrel flavors are are in there um and that one is always one of the hardest the eagle the two with the age statements the eagle rare 17 and that sazerac 18 are always like the hardest to find Highest, never seen highest, yeah, highest secondary value. I mean, they're they're crazy. So my notes on my Sazerac 18 from 2008 was a 90 proof. So that was the Sazerac on. six year was a 90 proof. The Handy was approximately six years, 127.5 proof. There you go. So that okay. So. It is this, the eighteen is still proof down. It's ninety proof, and it's still still yeah. today. It's ninety proof. Okay, um, yeah, and it's um, it's a rye. It's a it's a straight rye, but it's not a full rye. So I mean, it's still um, got corn and malted barley in the mash bill um, on that one. So it's definitely it's a little different than the regular uh, everyday Sazerac. And see, it's crazy, uh, Shan. You, you you said the term. Um, Baby, baby Sazerac. I've I've heard that term before, but it's we never. I don't know for some reason it's never used down here. Do you know where that came from or why that's a thing? You know, I, I want to say I want to say I heard it from the whiskey buyer that works for Benny's out of Chicago. And don't hold me to that. And I won't throw his name out there because I could be completely wrong. But for some reason that that name sticks with me from him. Okay. And that's just a name for the younger, regular, yeah, everyday, everyday Sazerac. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes in the the glass bottle with the long the longer neck, but it's the yeah the, the bottle actually looks I don't know more ornate, more fancy yeah. than the antique. Yeah, yeah. The antique collection bottles are very understated. Yeah, it's just the same. They're every all day. yeah, they're all simple. So what's crazy is that I mean that the Sazerac Rye, the six year, the everyday one. I mean that's like a ninety five point rated whiskey. I mean extremely high rated and. People on, on secondary market buy it for like crazy price because you can't find it everywhere. And down here, I guess because it's it's the company's based on here. It's freaking it's a nineteen dollar bottle, and I can go to the grocery store down the street and buy one for you right right now. It's just one of those crazy things that's it's everywhere. Um, one of the things that's actually going to be produced at the new Sazerac house that's opening in uh, in New Orleans. Sazerac Co. is like moving their headquarters and operations right off of Canal Street, New Orleans, and they're going to produce Sazerac Rye and a couple a couple other brands there in the future. It's kind of funny. We don't find it around here. Um, I think I found one place that has it. Um, I've not seen Stag Jr. in Atlanta in forever. And actually, Scott, the bottle that I have, I bought up by you back in like, uh, January Yeah, I've seen it up here a couple times. I've seen it here a couple times. Uh, it, it is readily available here. Um, but then again, most Buffalo Trace stuff is. Uh, there's not a lot that, that we don't get. The only thing we, don't, we absolutely do not get up here in Jersey is um, Weller... 12 and I think that's about it we get oh wait uh, we don't get uh, yeah well at 12 that's that just the black label one we get the green and the red labels uh, Buffalo Trace Stag Jr uh, most of our suppliers do get do get the antique collection uh, when you find them generally uh, they are they are bought and then uh, marked up like crazy uh, like I went into a store uh, here in New Jersey and um, I saw the entire collection. Pappy, uh, 12, 10, 12, 15, and 23. And I asked, I just by chance asked, what you know, what are they going for? And they wanted to sell me the 23 for $3,599. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I'd said, that's a $260 bottle, sir. He goes... No, no, it's not. I was like, no, it is. And uh, if Buffalo Trace found out that you were doing that, they probably wouldn't be too happy about it. Yeah, he didn't care. No, but I have reported them. And I honestly, I do encourage you and people to report them to Buffalo Trace because they Buffalo Trace doesn't like that. They don't like the, the secondary markup like that. Yeah, especially at a retail location, man. That's Yeah, and that's, and that's, a, and that's a, a good way to not just lose your allocation of the antique collection but also to lose your regular stock of Buffalo Trace so Scott we talked about Buffalo Trace Distillery is the most awarded distillery in the world Stag Junior yes, Stag Junior has been on the market for six years fall fall mm-hmm. of uh, fall of 2013 so five years plus one so it's had 11 releases Okay. How many awards does Stag Jr. have in six oh. six years, eleven releases? Just a guess. It's yeah, it's not going to be many. Maybe like two or three. Shan, 
I think it's a trick question. I'm thinking they got one for every release. How about 33? Ooh. What? 33 medals for wow. Stag Jr. in 11 releases. I mean, it's it's good, but... Pretty crazy. I don't know about, don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, 30, 33 medals ranging up. I mean, gold medal in Whiskies of the World this year, bronze medal in North American. So what's the big one, San Francisco? Yeah, the San so Francisco. Double gold yeah. in San Francisco this year. Double I mean, it, double it gold in San Francisco last year. Gold. So I mean, it's got gold. I mean, it's got some some pretty big accolades. Thirty three medals though in in uh, six in years. Eleven years. Oh, it's 11, yeah, releases. eleven releases. Yeah. All right. Well, then look on that note. Let's let's see what we say about it. Uh, Shan, since you're our guest, what would you give this out of a hundred? So explain the grading scale because I think the last guest you know, got <laughs> got pissed off at our grading our grading scale. Yeah. So we well, it's arbitrary and capricious. That's why. Yeah, yeah, and the numbers don't matter. Yeah, the so we usually rate kind of like on a ten point college grading grading scale. Yeah, where basically one to a hundred based on you know college grades. Very few are going to get under fifty because quite honestly, it's really like fifty is really failing. 50s really like some of ba- some bad whiskeys to us have ranked in the high 60s and low 70s. So so my, with a gr- with a with a collegiate grading scale in, in mind. Yeah. Like I would say. Let me let me put this two ways. I would, as it is, right out of the bottle, uncut. I would say low to mid 80s. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Let me let me phrase it. Mid eighties, okay, eighty five, eighty six. You know, I would be very interested to see if they could, if we cut this down to ninety proof and tried it against regular Buffalo Trace or an Eagle Rare at ninety as well. How does it, how does it compare against those? Given that we know that it's a little bit younger than both of those, right? Interesting. So what would you give it? Interesting. So you give it like a you give it like an eighty five, uh, uncut. What uncut, would, I would say yeah, probably so, eighty five, eighty six. So what you, would you give it with the water? Oh, uh, for tonight. Yeah, um, tonight. I mean, that's 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 tonight. I mean, that's you know, what, tasting it straight out, full proof, and then adding a little bit of water, cutting it down a little bit. So it doesn't um, doesn't really change your opinion of the score. No, no, I, no, it doesn't. I, 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 now, I think if we were to cut it to 90 and compare it against its siblings, I think it would rate lower than that. But considering it as a foolproof whiskey against other foolproof whiskeys, I'd put it in that 85 inch Yeah. Um, so I, so you, you think cut that you think cut that much, it wouldn't hold a candle, it would lose a lot of the, the flavors it possesses. At a full, at a full proof. I think it's. I think it would still be very tasty, but I mean, compared to. A, yeah. Compared to the oakiness of a Eagle Rare at ten years, or the, the regular Buffalo Trace at you know around average around nine years, then I think it'd be a little bit less than that. I, I tend to agree with Shane here. Um, on. on at, at the start, without water, I I think this is around the eighty-four range. Um, I think there's a little too much proof in this to to really love it. 
and compared to some of the other full, uh, the foolproof whiskeys we've tried, um, seventeen ninety two came in at like eighty one. Now, obviously, Booker's Little Book Number One, Brent, you and I loved that one. Yeah, and I'm looking, um, I'm looking at what you rated Jack Daniel's Single Barrel Barrel, and I'm kind what of what I rated Jack Daniel's Single chuckling. Barrel was ninety one. I really enjoyed that one a lot, and that was one thirty one point three. Uh, Elijah Craig Small Batch that was also a ninety one. Um, Four Roses Single Barrel Barrel Strength that's at sixty point three percent, and one twenty point six. And that's also a 91. So that's that. That is where my high proofs kind of stand. Is 91. Um, the, this one without water, 84. With water, it goes up a little bit. I do think it needs to be proofed down just slightly into the like the 125 range, 127 range, and it goes to an 87. It's not bad, but it doesn't. It honestly doesn't have too much character when all is said and done. There's a, there's some fruit. There's a little bit of spice, but it's not like overly rangy like uh, Elijah Craig or um, yeah. There's you know nothing. What? It's it's right there with Knob Creek Single Barrel Select. That you can. So you've mentioned the Knob Creek. You've mentioned the the Four Roses Small Batch. You're mm-hmm. talking about that the newer one, the non-chill filtered one, right? No, no, no. This is the um, single barrel barrel strength. There. Oh. Every yeah, yeah. once okay. in a while, yes, you'll right. find right. the single barrel release. In a barrel strength, it's, it's kind of specific to a store pick. Yeah, um, I, I have one of those. It's nine years, eight months. Uh, I liked that one. That was at one nineteen point six. So, pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good whiskey there. See, and I've, and I've had, I've had a few of those. Yeah, because that's all the different what the OBSF, OESF, right, right, right. On now. I, I've had a few of those, and I would say that. If I was to put the stag against some of those Four Roses single barrel or that Four Roses small batch select, that new one, that's high proof, or the, um, what was the one, the other one, the Elijah Craig, I would pick all three of those over the stag. Oh, I would definitely too. I would definitely pick the Elijah Craig over this. Yep. So I agree with you guys. It's kind of a, it's an 85. It's a, it's a, a B average at, at best. Um, but I, I think, I, I agree. I think there's some cool stuff about it. I do like the the mouthfeel. It's thick. It's got a, like the chocolatey kind of kind of vibe to it. But I agree that it, it doesn't have a ton of direction for me. It is very safe, very down down the middle. Um, not a lot of range on it, and um, it's probably a reason why there's bottles that there's bottles that never last in here, and there's ones like this that I I don't find myself going to I don't I don't have the urge to, to bottle this this down nothing about it gets me excited I mean that's like I said it's an 07 bottle and it's more than halfway halfway full um, and I only got one of them yeah it, but, it, again this is not one I would I would go to on the regular um, uh, again it, it's in our speakeasy we have it it's not bad but it's not great. There, yeah. There's just something lacking. Yep. I, I do en- you know, I, I do enjoy it because, like, I, I think the best part about it is the mouthfeel. Uh, that oiliness, that, that long, rich, almost like a little bit of creme brulee. If this had a little more vanilla, it would be a, I think it would be a better whiskey. But there's no, there's no vanilla in this one. You know, you nailed it right there. Exactly. That's, there's none. 
the vanilla is lacking. There's just something lacking in this. Again, not bad. So, as we as we finish that up, let me tell you a little bit about, about Professor Blauer Himmel. Now, Professor Blauer Himmel is our last and final member of the Disney Society of Explorers and Adventurers. We have gone through all, what is this, 12 of them? Yeah. 12 original members of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. This is the last one, and this is why we kind of chose this to go along with this show. Uh, Blau Himmel is actually German for Blue Sky, and this this gentleman was uh, designed to be the representation of Walt Disney Imagineers who... Uh, are basically told, you know, the sky's the limit, go blue sky. When 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 Walt would tell his, his guys, you know what, blue sky, guys, blue sky. And that was the way for him to say, do what you do best. You do the, the voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> and and let's see what you can come up with. So, um, Professor Blauhimmel is only found at two places. And one is Mystic Manor in uh, Disney Hong Kong. Which you can see his portrait on display in the queue, as uh, as well as appearing in the same ride at the 1899 Society meeting painting. That's the one where they have all of the members uh, painted on uh, in one portrait and uh, meeting at the uh, at the clubhouse, the secret speakeasy. There, uh, the second painting can be found at Disneyland's Bengal Barbecue. Now, Shan, you've been to Disneyland, right? I have, yeah. Bengal Barbecue. Have you been there? We did not go to that one. It isn't he, now. His picture is not in this spot, but at the new tropical hideaway, which overlooks oh, the jungle. Oh, so they moved it by the. the t- no, no, it's still no, it's still the Bingo Barbecue area. Okay, but at the at the tropical hideaway, there uh, is a paddle. Yes, with his name on it. Yes, as well, and that marks Pretty his cool. 1904 expedition up the uh, Yucayali River in Peru. Um. Bengal barbecue is really good. It's one of my favorite places that I used to go as a kid. Uh, they would basically have meat on a stick. It was like uh, ten, um, not tandoori, teriyaki beef, teriyaki chicken uh, barbecued on a stick. It was really good. Always a great place. You know, it was kind of fun tying all of these Disney SEA members, Brant, into the different whiskeys we tasted. Uh, some of the some of the more prominent ones that I really enjoyed was the uh, Barnabas T. Bullion when we did the uh, Western whiskeys. Yeah, Jason Chandler. Jason Chandler was nice. So, you know what? You know what really surprised me was the Mary Oceaneer when we did that Pike Creek, the rum finished whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pike Creek and Caribbean cask. I really enjoyed both of those. That kind of sparked a uh, a, a search for rum finished whiskeys that we can bring back to the speakeasy. Yeah, you know what? Which reminds me, I need to get you guys some samples of the Trader Joe's. Rum finished Scott. Oh, yeah, how is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Fair it's enough. Trader Joe's. <laughs> but you know, you know, we say that, but then I found, you know, out in California the other day, I found that 15 year old single malt Irish whiskey from them that was, I thought, was incredible. Are they still using uh, Alexander Murray? Uh, that I don't know. Uh, all signs point to that one being um, from Bushmills. Okay. All right. And I think Bushmills I think that they uh, really good. I don't, I don't know. That, I, I forgot. I thought that the 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 bourbon was 1792 Barton Distillery for the bourbon. So I don't know. They, so you know the the bourbon. So I got the, that bourbon that you had gotten that one time, and 
We thought it was good. We had that at, at Chris's bachelor party recently, along the, with the Irish. The Kirkland bourbon or the uh, Trader Joe's one? No, I'm sorry, the Trader Joe's. Okay. Trader Joe's. And a bunch of us just kept going back. To, I mean, it was good, but a bunch of us kept going back to that Irish whiskey. Hmm. Interesting. That would be interesting. So I know, I know people like the Kirkland's Irish whiskey, which I think is, um, uh, I think that's Bushmills as well, because it's from Middleton Distillery. Yeah. So that would be Bushmills, yeah. Which is also where uh, my favorite Irish, which is Redbreast, which is the best breast. But yeah, the, I, there were two that I got from Trader Joe's. One was one was a rum cask finish that was distillery unknown, um, and another then they had a bourbon cask finish that was from uh, was it Glen Roth's? The, um, and I mean, they were perfectly fine. But they were not. They didn't wow you. Not memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, that was uh, you know Stag Junior, pretty darn good. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't run out to to hunt for this. If I saw this on the shelf, I might buy one just to have. Uh, but for the money, uh, Brent, what is this? What a bo- What does a bottle like this cost? Man, it's going to be sixty plus. Uh, easy. So, so yeah, you're talking the Elijah Craig small batch barrel proof, um, four roses single barrel barrel strength, Jack Daniels single barrel barrel strength. It, uh, I, I'd probably choose all of those over this one. How much was that Jack Daniels uh, barrel strength one? I want to say sixty four for some reason. Okay, all right. Because I want to the the usually when I see the four roses single barrel, they're around sixty five to seventy two. Same with the, same with the um, Elijah Craig. Now, Brant, this or the Eleanor that we had last week? Yeah. Uh, so the next one we're going to drink is the the Abalor. Uh, I'm excited for this one because uh, y'all know me. I love scotch and what I love most about scotch is anything with a sherry finish now Abalor is uh, is a Highland malt distillery uh, they what they uh, what they do is they're 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 up by the River Spey uh, Abalor actually means mouth of the chattering burn so it's named after the lower burn uh, the Lord burn is a tributary that runs into the River Spey which is like the birthplace of scotch in Scotland. Um, so when it, whenever you hear like Speyside, that means you're near the River Spey. Spey is, is one of the biggest rivers in Scotland. It is uh, perfectly crystal clear water that makes for really damn good whiskey. Now, James Fleming, the son of a local tenant farmer, built the Abelor Distillery in 1879 after having worked at uh, du- du- uh, oh, this one's hard. Diolaine Caron for 10 years. So he was producing whiskey for about 10 years when he decided, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. And he produced whiskey from 1880 until his death at the age of 65 in 1895. Uh, Now, Fleming's actually buried on the distillery ground in the village cemetery. Uh, Robert Thorne and Sons bought the distillery and ran until 1921. In 1921, they sold it to W.H. Holt, and they're famous for uh, Boddington's Pub Ale. And then in 1945, Campbell & Sons bought the distillery. 
Now, the real history, the real fun part of this whiskey starts in 1975. Pinot Ricard bought this distillery uh, and then joined them all with Chivas Brothers. So part of Avalor's stock goes into Chivas, um, which is still good whiskey, good blended whiskey. Uh, so they kind of joined them all together. But in 1975, they started doing some work on the distillery when they bought it. And they were knocking down some walls and these, these uh, workers knocked down a wall and they found this time capsule. And in that time capsule was wrapped a bottle of whiskey in a newspaper that talked about the, the fire at the distillery in 1898. So flash forward almost 100 years, these Scottish workers find a bottle of whiskey. Shane, what do you think they do with it? I would imagine they just drank it. <laughs> You're damn right they drank it. <laughs> they sat there on their lunch break and drank a 100-year-old bottle of whiskey. About 35, 40 minutes later, the master distiller comes up and he's like, Whoa, what the fuck are you guys doing? And he's like, well, we found this bottle. And he looks at it and, it, and, it, and it's four-fifths gone. So he caps it up, takes it over to uh, the laboratories in Moray, which we all know Glenn Moray. And they analyze the remains of that bottle, what was left of it. And this is what they based this whiskey on. So prior to 1917, most, most scotch was bottled at cast strength because they couldn't be bothered with proofing it down and doing all the science to it and trying to recreate uh, different flavor profiles. So it was basically cast strength, put in, a, put in a bottle, and ship it off. In 1914, the UK actually regulates the maximum amount of alcohol because they wanted to, uh, you know, cure drunkenness. So they capped whiskey at 37.5%. So the highest proof you could make a whiskey was 37.5%. That would taste awful. Yeah. Imagine they, they, they didn't have very good water sources back then either, probably. probably no. Cut no. it with shit. And, and, and so this is kind of a, a harken back to what was the past and let's make scotch, cast strength, which is really not done very often. Like there are very few... 60 plus proof whiskeys or 120 proof uh, scotch whiskeys. I can't think of any really besides this. The what maybe the Lagavulin 12 is, is cask strength. That's cask strength. There's really only so a Macallan classic, classic cut. cut. Yeah, they, they try to get one at 58. Yeah. Um, so in 1997, they start making Abinade. Uh, the lowest. Uh, proof they've ever had was 59.6 that was in 2014 and in uh, s the highest one they've ever had is 61.2 that was batch 56 so they've done a number of these batches it's usually four times a year or twice no twice a year they do these batches um, so a, a good number of different batches and what, what do we have here batch 61 one. I think batch 61 60.8% alcohol above volume so we'll what, 121.6? Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, on the nose, Chan, what do you get? Um, sweet, which I know is coming from the sherry cask. Mm -hmm. I get, do you get green apples or some sort of apples? I always oh, get apples in here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, Scott, I want to back up two, two quick seconds. Sure. Just t talk about the bottle. Dude, this thing feels like a hundred-year-old bottle would feel. It doesn't feel like it's cheaply made, mass-produced shit today. 
raised lettering on the back, Avalor, established 1879, Avalor Distillery. But maybe you guys can't see it at home, but the lip on this thing is like a fucking quarter inch, the glass <laughs> on this thick. thing. It is. It's like it's, it's massive. Um, wax top, big cork with a wooden top. I mean, it just it feels like a big meaty uh yeah, they Meaty definitely didn't mess bottle. around with this one. Yeah. Just say, you're going to get into a bar fight. You want to bring a bottle to it. Yeah. You want to brand. Yeah, you want yeah. a Abalor bottle. For sure. Now, it's it's a no-age statement whiskey. Um, but Abalor basically says they use, they blend this batch, or they blend their, these batches using barrels ranging from 5 to 25 years old. Most of them are first fill sherry. Some of them are refill. So it's not all first fill, so you're not going to get such a dark whiskey um, in this. But it's a good, decent dark color. I'd, I'd call it like... Uh, it's almost got a copper. Yeah. Copper, a little red little red notes to it, and that's going to come from the uh, the sherry there. Copper, some bronze. Yeah, yep. it's... I mean, if, if you put this in front of me and didn't tell me it was a scotch and I didn't get to smell it, it I'd looks, go, oh, that's a bourbon. Yeah, it looks like a bourbon. Which bourbons are d- generally darker because it's hotter in America. America. Um, yeah, no, Shan on the nose, very rich fruit. Uh, this is so fruit forward. Like a wine cellar, man. Get some cinnamon. Yeah, a little bit. Um, definitely the sherry. Chocolate. Yeah. Dried oranges is, I mean, I, I almost always get oranges. Yeah, dried orange peel. Nose, but. Dark, dark, heavy notes. Kind of resembles bourbon as well. You get a little bit of that heat from, like, what you would expect from a regular bourbon. That smells so good. Comparing the two of these on the nose. This one's, it's still a, it's a, Got a ton of aroma, but it doesn't clean your sinuses out. No. These these two are vastly different <clears throat> on the nose. And I, right. you know, I My nose is keep eyeballing this bottle. And I, I've, I've never pulled the trigger on it, because honestly it would be in the top five most expensive bottles I have if I bought it. It's only like $109 usually. It's about but, yeah. It's about eighty nine here. I've I've been meaning to pull the trigger on it. I just haven't done it. Um, I do love Avalor twelve. I think we we tasted that on one of our very first episodes, right? Yeah. Because I, I want to say it's a double. It's a double cask. We talked about yes. some double cask. There's some. There's some uh, first fill sherry. Some uh, refill bourbons. Um, I I really enjoy the nose on this. Brent, what do you so get? Going- See, this one still. This one still gets me in the eyeballs. Like the high oh, it eth- definitely does. High ethanol is, it's still there. Um, I think, though, kind of Chan, and I don't know if this is playing into the fact that it's lighter. It's just, I think it's just softer all the way, all the way around. I would, I don't know, Scott, would you assume this is older than six years, seven years? The one we just, we just tasted was a young? I would say a majority of this is probably in the six to eight range, and then they complement it with some... 12, 18, 25s. Higher, higher stuff. It yeah. just, it just feels more, smells more mature. It feels a little softer. Yeah, a little more refined. That's, that's kind of scotch in general compared to a bourbon, right? 
Well, it takes longer for it to age because, again, you don't yeah. have that heat um, that that's going to penetrate the the rick houses. And, and again, most of their stuff is cave aged. Yeah, I mean, they age it underground a lot in Scotland. Yeah, um, you don't get that big fluctuation in temperature. It's kind of constant, and so it takes longer for the scotch to age. That yeah, the, and also the it's not it's not new oak. You know, like bourbon would right. be, which has got a lot of got a lot of flavor to yeah, it. It's you're not hit- extracting nearly as much flavor out of it as as a bourbon would. Yeah, you're hitting that new char, which is going to impose a lot of flavor and a lot of uh, color on the whiskey. So, peach, I get peach, and Definitely. I got and I got peach, and then I had to go look at the tasting notes to make sure because I'm not a peach eater, and I got peach, and I had to go look at the tasting notes to make sure I was even. Smelling the right, the right oh, flavor. It's, de- it's definitely it's de- there. It's- yeah, it's. I got the peach for sure. Peach. So, so it says, peach, apricot, prune, golden raisin, cherry, canned orange zest, and bittersweet marmalade. Yeah, you can definitely tell the marmalade, the orange marmalade that uh, that goes in there. Have you guys ever uh, Shannon, marmalade, sure marmalade below the uh, below the Mason yeah. Dixon, <laughs> <laughs> Lady Marmalade? <laughs> Shan, you've definitely had mar- marmalade uh, on toast, right? Oh, absolutely. I was going to say it's, when he when he mentioned that, I'm like, is this the Paddington Bear special? Yeah, it is not. <laughs> it is not orange jam. It is bittersweet. It's that that orange peel. You get yeah, a lot of yeah. those like bitter notes. Too. And see, I get, I'm getting all of that zest, zest of orange. Like when, when you zest an orange for an old fashioned, you snap that, mm-hmm. that orange rind. That is all, all in the nose of this. All right, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to taste it, Scott. All right, let's do it. While you're doing that, I would say too, I had a Scott. You mentioned the Apple Hour 12. I had again from Trader Joe's. This was God. I probably bought this. I don't have it anymore. It's all gone, but. I had a bottle from, I want to say, probably 2006, 2007, that was a 12-year-old Speyside out of, and it was, it was marked Abelor Speyside 12-year. Uh, I guess it just didn't fit their flav- flavor profile that they were looking for, but I remember it being a damn good whiskey. Wow. I have a love. Her name is Abelor. Yeah, I think you just cost me 100 bucks. <laughs> this is... On the palate, the vanilla's there. The cherry, the raisins, the spices. Belgian chocolate. And, oh, sweet vermouth. This this would make one hell of a Rob Roy. Mm. You add okay. some... You add, and Rob Roy, for, for those of you who don't know, is basically in Manhattan with scotch. This would be awesome in a Rob Roy cocktail. It is, it is much fruitier, much sweeter than the Stag Junior. Still has that kick, still has that heat, and a good oily mouth finish. It's heavy. Brian, what'd you think? I'm just going in for my the second sip, and I think a lot of the, I don't know if a lot of the individual fruit notes that I can pull out and the the smell come through in the taste but there's an overall kind of sweetness to it it does have a big thick mouthfeel which I I love and I mean I think you can really only get that from non-chill filtering 
Right. Um, so I love that about it because I'm I'm 100% all for for non-chill filtering. But it's um I don't know. See, it's a little thin on the front front to me. I'm gonna go in for a couple more si- sips while you guys discuss. Look at the and look at your glass. Look at the legs on this thing. How it holds. It holds on to it. Yeah, way way more way more legs than the uh, than the Stag Junior, which is is weird because they're both non-chill filtered. They're both both high proof. Um, My, mine has taken insanely long to develop to develop legs. I know. Even then, they're so faint because everything just hangs on the glass. Mm-hmm. Brent, you I would say I'm, I'm very glad we did this one second. <laughs> Brent, <laughs> you are evil. You you are you are not helping. Uh, the fact that I need to have this in the speakeasy at all times. It's a good. Yeah, this good this decided it for me. I'm going to get a <laughs> bottle of this. Absolutely. At, and this, you know, it's it's. Did we see what this? This was what 120, 121 or something. 122 proof. Should be. 121.6. So, to take to go back to that stag, you know, Brant, you said that you'd like it with an ice cube, and I've I've never been a huge ice cube person with with whiskey, but to me, the stag is a winter, a late fall winter drink. I mean, like I've got my bottle of Lagavulin and Lafroig and, and Talisker, and those don't those won't get open until it gets cold here. Yeah, you know, they just I can't drink those during the summer. I couldn't drink the Stag during the summer. Yeah, it's like ninety six here today in Atlanta. But <laughs> oh. this this Abel, yeah, I know, right? Which isn't fall supposed to be here soon? <laughs> soon, um, soon is an open term. Yeah. Um. The um, but this this Abelour. That that's something that could be I could have year round I think, despite the higher proof and the little bit of heat to it. God, this is so. This is definitely, definitely creamy, big, way longer finish than that that Stag Junior. Yeah. I wish I had, uh, Brant. Back home, I have a bottle of the Glen Livet Nadura, which is a. First fill sherry cask, high proof. I want to say it's like 60.4. I would love to compare the two of these with you guys. That's the other one I was trying to remember that had a high proof on the scotch. Yeah, the Nadura. Honestly, I I was a little bit afraid of it because it's high proof scotch. Usually those those two things don't go together. But that one was excellent. That one was phenomenal. Mm. What's the ballpark price on that Glen Livet? Uh, seventy-five usually, seventy-five to, okay. to eighty-nine. Okay. So that one, that one, a little bit more affordable, but that one doesn't have the um, the big range of, of years to it. Like this one, they say goes up to twenty-five years in that bottle. The Nadura is all first fill, so it's all dark, and usually that's between like seven and eighteen years. So still up there, but not as high. So this one, the finish is super long. Like it's, I, I t- I've taken a sip two, three minutes ago, and it's still, I can taste mm-hmm. it in the back of my oh, mouth. Yeah. 
and it is. Yeah. I, it's got a. I think it's got a sp- spicy kind of peppery finish to me. Um, uh, almost like a. Almost like a ginger. Mm-hmm. Which is which is typical for Highland Scotch. Uh, they usually have that uh, light green apple with a little bit of ginger on the back end. I'm gonna taste it. They say ginger. I kind of feel like it's that is there. I could I could see that. Yeah, I'm getting like like Brant said. I mean, I took a sip a couple like two minutes ago, and it's still it's still warming me. Yeah, this is a really good. This is a great dry sherry. Like this, this reminds me of something that Mr. Banks would sit down and drink at the end of the day. I'm gonna f- fluff my glass and then put a little water in it. Yeah, I think I need to. I, I need to try it. I'm. I almost don't want to put water in it, but I know <laughs> I should. I don't want to either. All right, I'll do it. <clears throat> I'm gonna refresh a little bit because. Uh, Brant, this this is something we're gonna have in the speakeasy all the time. Promise you that. Next bottle you find? Oh yeah. Well, I just got my grandmother sent me my check for my birthday. And, <laughs> Happy well, birthday! I know what I'll be Did you get a fresh all. five dollar bill? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little bit more than that. But <laughs> oh man, that is still. It so will good. definitely be going towards a bottle of this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a nice crisp five dollar bill. <laughs> you couldn't even so you couldn't even get a dram of that at a bar. No, no, no. Oh, you've seen my grandmother though, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I took her to Trader Sam's and she drank all night. Yes, yeah, really. She. Uh, she I, I, I'm pretty sure she had my drink, and she, uh, I think her favorite was mine, the Krakatoa. The crack. She did like the crack. So yeah. that's the best drink. Um, that's the best drink on in that bar. Promise you that. Promise you that. You got. You still got to go inside, Scott. I have. I've been inside. Oh, I thought you hadn't been inside. No, we went inside during the daytime. We got okay. there at like three o'clock. Okay. For drinks on the menu, yes. Wait, is it? Somebody hasn't been inside. Wozni? No. No, Wozni. No, Wozni goes. I've, I've been in there. Yeah. I, I think like I was the last one to go. I, I was pretty pretty much the last one to go inside. Okay, okay. Uh, we went. I, like I went outside twice. I, I had the Nautilus outside. Okay. Because uh, I made that a walking drink. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or sideways, sideways walking drink. That's a hell of a walking. Drink. Well, I got I got two, so yeah. I drank them both. This one's really good. I I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, this. Yeah, this whiskey. is this is good. This is gonna be. Yeah. All right. I'm so, definitely buying one of these. So, Shan, start us off with the uh, with a grade for this one. This is going to be in the '90s for me, I think. I think so too. Um, part of me wants to, you know, compare it against other, you know, barrel proof or high proof scotches, and I just, I don't have any, unfortunately. Um, so I probably need to rectify that situation as well, but um, yeah, this is. I'm trying to think of you know what scotches I have and what I've drank lately. I mean, if I use the if I use a Macallan 12 as kind of a benchmark, because it's also sherry. Yeah, it's it's above that. You know, I would. 
Brant, this was a bad idea to give this to us, man. Now, <laughs> now it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna go look and I'm gonna go look in the liquor cabinet for a drink. I'll be like, okay, Macallan 12, which is sherry. Avalauer, which is sherry. Oh, screw it. I'm gonna pick the Avalauer. You know? Hey, I would tell you to. That's, I would tell you to get the Avalauer 12 002 because it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Also, oh, the for, Avalauer 12 is very, very good. And it, so again, I say just go ahead and get both. Even though All it's right, even it, though it. it's chill filtered color added, it's still a damn good whiskey. It, um, we dr- we drank it on the side of Macallan Twelve Double Cask. Yeah. Do you have your notes all the way back to then? Because I don't I don't think I. I do. I do. Uh, wait, you know what? I don't think I took notes on that one. I think I have to go back and listen to the episode. Yeah. Uh, to get it. Yeah, I don't think I started <laughs> taking notes at that point. Yeah, but I'm gonna rate this maybe a ninety-four. Oh man, Ooh, that's high. 93? 93, 94? Shan's loving it. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I put it. I put it there because I'd consider McAllen probably about a 91, 92. I, I can see that. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna stay right around there. I'm. I'm not far off. I'm at a 92 on this one. I think this is one of the better high proof whiskeys I've had. And again, sherry scotch is where I. I just live all day. Every all day, every day, I could drink sherry scotch. So this one for me gets a 92. I really enjoyed it. The the bitter orange marmalade notes that you get from the both the palate and the nose really shine through here. This one with water didn't do much for me, so I would just keep it neat. Yeah. Keep this one neat. So Scott, you you put this one point below McAllen Rare Cask. What yeah, you what you at, rated Rare Cask? At a hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars less. $150 less than what I got it to you for, not $150 less than what it goes on the market for. <laughs> it's almost $200 less than what it goes on the market for. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, again, both of these are no-age statements. I'd probably go with, and this is really going to hurt to say, I'd probably go with the Avalor Abinad only because for the price that you can get this for, you can buy... Two, almost three of these bottles for McAllen Rare Cask. Not to say that I would not buy McAllen Rare Cask again because it's almost empty and it was so delicious. And it's there's one of the best new, whiskeys I've ever had. It, there's a new version. There's a new version out. Oh, I know. I know. You're tempting me. Uh, so I think I was going to give this an 88. I'll, I, and and Shan, I always, I always rate scotches lower than bourbons. Typically, just because I'm not a massive Scotch Scotch fan, but I gave it an extra point because I like this fucking story. Just the story, yes. the story of this Scotch is is cool as shit. I mean, as what you'd expect Scottish workers to do when they found a hundred year old bottle of Scotch is to just fucking open it up and and drink it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love I, it. I do love the story, and you know what? Those guys had the best day of their life. They were living their best life that day. For I'm like 35 sure. minutes. I'm sure. They were living their best life, no doubt. Scott, I may have missed it. How much did you say the McAllen Rare Cask was? It is uh, It is around... Retail is around two ninety nine right now. Um, okay. All right. It's, it's up there. And again, something that I've enjoyed owning, I've enjoyed drinking, and I've enjoyed sharing with friends. Because that's the only time I drink is when, when people come over... And people that can appreciate good whiskey can Yeah. 
I think we've got some great notes on some high-proof uh, whiskeys, a high-proof scotch, a high-proof bourbon. A nice start to uh, to rare uh, to rare whiskey season. Uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection is coming out. If you haven't gotten your Buffalo or your uh, birthday bourbon, if you haven't gotten your birthday bourbon, it's probably off the shelf by now. Hadn't hit Louisiana yet. So Hasn't hit Louisiana. Okay. So because so, it gets it gets released on September second, and I I think that's at the distillery and then pushed out. So still a chance that that it's it's around. But and again and again, I remind you just. Chat up your local guy. Chat up your local uh, whiskey guy and see what they've got. Maybe they get an allocation. I mean, you never know. Like we said, like we said last episode, don't just go ask for it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so look, you know, be on the lookout for those. Be on the lookout for the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. It's coming out soon. Um, as we uh, as we get to uh, to that, we're going to actually be doing a fine and rare series that we've started way back in the day. Uh, a couple of months ago, we're going to be doing some of those fine and rare Buffalo Trace antique collections in the upcoming future. The Disney SEA series is over, so uh, keep a lookout. We're going to keep we're going to keep doing the podcast, obviously. But uh, what we'll do is we'll start to uh, do a little different uh, different side of it. We'll do uh, some educational things about the distilling process, about uh, what goes into whiskey. Them different malts, different grains. We'll do some. We haven't really done rye. We haven't done a talk about no. rye yet. No. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott. You know, for everyone that doesn't know, obviously, the Disney has been the has been what's introduced you and I to each other, and it's kind of been what started uh, this podcast. But I think in the last year, we've we've matured and, and got an audience that appreciates whiskey at the heart of it and not uh doesn't mm-hmm. need doesn't need that tie-in so moving on to kind of a pure whiskey segment uh from here on out is is where we're at I'm still going to keep the name because i love it oh yeah definitely but definitely but yeah. look we explore every day tonight shan and i had never had this whiskey there you go something new something new and now you can share what you learned yeah, I mean this is this is exactly what the whole SEA is about: sharing a whiskey that Brent, you had this before. Uh, you brought it down to the speakeasy and said, "Hey, you guys got to try this. We got to drink this on the show." And honestly, it is amazing. So, um, Shan, thank you for joining us this week on uh, on our BSA podcast. We really enjoyed oh, having you down. Thank you for here. having me. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad you got to see the speakeasy after it got cleaned up. <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Um, you know, the, the scary thing with the, like the antique collection stuff coming out soon is the prices on those are just insane these days, and it, it boggles my mind that I was able to get. You know, in two thousand eight, I was able to get three full uh, of three full sets of of the five for seventy nine bucks a bottle. I hate you. No. <laughs> Although that's not bad, I think I paid just about eighty something dollars for it, so it's not so it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, that's that's real retail, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you find this for one hundred and fifty dollars or less, don't don't pass it up. And if you're gonna d- yeah. pass, pass oh, it up, no, call, I, call me. It, it, anything under one hundred and fifty bucks, anything around that, I would definitely pull the trigger on it. it it's a it's it's a once in a lifetime thing where you're not going to get a chance to experience that again. Yeah, and look, these are going for. The the handy, the handy the stag go for 
350, 400 secondary market. The LaRue Weller uh, fives, but the freaking Eagle Rare and the Sazerac, I mean, depending on what's released that year, I know last year, maybe it was 17, there was only, there was like 700 or 1,000 bottles of Eagle Rare, 17, and that shit was going for 1,000 bucks day one yeah. secondary market. I mean, people were just going gaga for it because of how small of a release it is. You gotta think, they just did a double Eagle Rare 20 year. So just three years older, it was in a decanter. It was in a decanter bottle, but they had 299 bottles released of that of that bottle. So pretty much a a barrel, or was it one? Would have been 199. It was like a barrel, basically a barrel's worth of, of 20 year. Retail was two grand. Actual price was two two grand. It was going for twelve thousand dollars secondary market. Damn. The, the day the day it was released, just because of how rare it is. You know, Damn. there there are two hundred idiots with a lot of money out there willing to buy willing to buy this, you know, this whiskey, and they yeah set those market trends. And if you're one of the lucky people that gets to buy it at regular price and wants to flip it, there you go. Yeah. So, so keep, keep your eye out, and uh, and again, if you if you uh, if you grab one of those uh, antique bottles, uh, don't be afraid to share with your host. <laughs> we would certainly mm-hmm. love to review it on the on the. On the podcast, so Hell, we um, we may even have you on. Yeah, we may even have you on if you uh, if you can handle it. If you can handle coming down to the speakeasy, we'll uh, we'll gladly host you. Certainly. So, uh, guys, I want to uh, talk about what's upcoming. Brand, I know we talked about our future. The podcast is still going to be here. Uh, I am excited for the straight up. I mean, we're going neat here. No more watered down. No more ice cubes. We're going neat from here on out. I love it. Right. So uh, may your time here be educational and enjoyable. And it's time, as we do every time, uh, our club mission statement. So, Shan, if you came here to learn, drink what you've learned. If you came here to share, share what you drank. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit as a friend. And if you came here for an adventure, drink, drink up. up. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.